Hello, everyone. My name is Glenn. I'm the guest preacher today. I serve as the associate pastor at Southport Presbyterian Church in Indianapolis, and it's a joy to be here with you today. Uh, Murray, it's an honor to be asked to preach at your ordination service, and Fritz, thank you for trusting me to preach the scriptures to the flock that God has given you charge to oversee. I've known the Nickel family for a long time. I've known Murray since he was in the sixth grade. I moved to Boone, North Carolina to serve at a church, and Murray and his family were members there. And I remember very well that first Christmas Eve service in 2003, when Murray sang in his 12-year-old tenor voice, Watch the Lamb, Daddy, Daddy, what will we see there? Remember that, Murray? There was not a dry eye. You did great. You were fabulous. Murray was actively involved in our youth ministry and in our college ministry there, served on leadership with our college group. And in in 2012, I moved to Kansas City to take a pastor there, and and lo and behold, God moved Murray nearby to serve at Shelterwood, a home for troubled teenagers. And during that time, we opened up our our home as a place of refuge for Murray and uh, continued to have a relationship and even hired him to be our director of student ministries at Covenant Chapel in Kansas City uh, before he was called to seminary. Murray, I'm proud of you. You're a faithful man. A faithful man is not a perfect man, but a man who continues to keep his trust in Jesus Christ, and that you have done as long as I have known you. And so it's a joy and honor to be here today. Our text is found in Galatians 6.9, so if you have a Bible or a Bible app, you can open to this one simple verse, Galatians 6.9. And while you're turning or opening, I'll open us in prayer. Father, as we come to the, your word, to the scriptures, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would open our hearts, open our minds, uh, give us the ability to understand, and give us hearts that are able to obey. May we be encouraged by your gospel this morning. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Very simple verse, Galatians 6, 9. It says, and let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. The great British preacher Charles Spurgeon used to give advice to young men considering the ministry. Charles Spurgeon pastored in 19th century England. When a young man would come to Spurgeon and say, I think God is calling me to be a pastor, Spurgeon would challenge them by saying, If you can do anything else besides be a pastor, then do that. That was Spurgeon's advice. And his his reasoning was this. If God has called a person to pastoral ministry, that person will not be able to do anything else. It's a unique calling from God. And so Spurgeon was right to say to young men, if you can do anything else, do that. Because if God is calling you to pastor a church, you won't be able to do anything else. I suspect most every job comes with a level of difficulty. And pastoral ministry is certainly not an easy job, despite what some people think. We pastors do work more than one day a week. We work Tuesday mornings and Thursday afternoons. (laughs) It's more than one day a week. Lots of pastors grow weary. In fact, whole congregations often get tired. It's not easy leading a church in our 21st century context. 
And it's not easy being the church in our current context. Studies reveal that about half of all pastors feel that they can't adequately do all that's expected of them. A wise mentor once told me a a pastor has to do three things well. He has to lead well, he has to preach well, and he has to love well. And this mentor said, and and most pastors I know are really good at two of the three. And maybe this has been your experience where you had a pastor who was really good at preaching and leading, but maybe not so good at loving the congregation. Or you had a pastor who was really good at loving and preaching, but terrible at administration. About half of all pastors feel they can't adequately do everything that's expected. About half say that pastoral ministry has had a negative impact on the health and well-being of their families. A study from Duke Divinity School recently revealed that pastors experience depression at twice the rate of the national average. I believe Galatians 6-9 offers us an encouraging word. It's an encouraging word to pastors, and it's an encouraging word to congregations. Let us not grow weary of doing good, For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Christians are not exempt from growing weary. The prophet Isaiah said that even young people grow tired and weary. Many of the Old Testament prophets got tired. I think of Elijah sitting under the broom tree saying, Take my life, God. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Or Moses in Numbers chapter 11, when he says, I cannot carry all these people by myself. Then he says to God, if this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me. It's Moses, the old and young alike, often grow tired and weary. Great men and women of the faith grew tired and weary. Some people wrongly conclude that if you live a good moral life, obey the rules, and have enough quiet times, then you'll always be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And some people wrongly believe that if you truly have faith in God, then you'll never struggle with doubt or sadness. You'll never grow weary. And yet the truth is, growing weary is part of being human. That's why we're giving a command in the Bible that encourages us to not grow weary and give up. Martin Luther was a monk who later became a priest. He lived about 500 years ago. In his commentary on this verse, Martin Luther says, It's an easy matter for a man to do good once or twice. But to continue and not be discouraged through the ingratitude and perverseness of those to whom he hath done good, well, that is very hard. It's easy to do good once or twice, isn't it? It's easy to do good a handful of times. But what about when we start hitting obstacles? What about when people prove to be difficult, lacking in gratitude and perverse? How do you continue to do good when you've received the tenth scathing email from the same person? Luther says, but to continue to do good and not be discouraged through the ingratitude and perverseness, that is very hard. I heard a pastor once describe his church split. He said, I've never seen so many well-taught people behave so poorly. 
Sometimes Christians get tired and discouraged and are tempted to give up altogether. Numerous pastors report that they would do something else if they could. I confess lately I've been fantasizing about driving a sausage truck. I saw an advertisement in our, well, on the internet. They give you a uniform. Nobody can tell you you're wearing the wrong outfit. They map out the route for you. No one can say you're not following the right vision. And then to make it better, somebody else unloads the sausage. All you have to do is drive this truck. But at the end of the day, God hasn't called me to drive a sausage truck. He's called me to be a pastor of a church. And at times, I grow weary in the calling. Many Christians get tired after years of unanswered prayers or years of frustration with the church. Sometimes Christians just get exhausted from the day-in, day-out challenges of life. Death by a thousand cuts. When Paul exhorts us to not grow weary, he gives us a vision for the future. And it's this vision of the future that keeps us from giving up in the present. There will always be enough reasons in the present to give up. There will always be enough reasons right now to give up. And that's why we're given a vision of a better future. The Apostle Paul says, For in due season we will reap if we do not give up. In due season we will reap. Part of not growing weary comes from a belief that I will eventually get some sort of future reward or payoff. I can keep going in difficult circumstances if I believe there is some sort of positive future ahead. One thing that keeps me going in in pastoral ministry is the reality that the church is the bride of Jesus Christ. And Jesus promises that he will make his bride pure and spotless. That vision of the future keeps me going. You know, a bride may appear ugly to you, but she's never ugly to the groom. The bride is never ugly to the groom. And Jesus promises that his bride will be made into a pure and spotless bride. That promise keeps me motivated. In this passage, Paul uses a farming analogy. He says, in due season, that's farming language. I once asked a Kansas farmer, what is the secret to farming? We were driving in a a pickup truck, and, and he paused for a long time, so long that I wasn't sure he heard me. And then he says two words, very slowly and very deliberately, faith. He pauses a long time. You've got to have faith. He continues to pause. Resilience. You've got to have resilience. You've got to be able to bounce back from anything. Faith and resilience. Paul uses a farming farming analogy to remind us that there is a future harvest in store for us. And this future harvest is what keeps us motivated to not grow weary in the present. In due season, we will reap. My question is, when is that season? That would be helpful to know, right? If I could just get the the time frame, I I could hang in a little longer. Is that due season, is it after a week of doing good? Is it after a month of doing good? Is it after a year? 
Well, the phrase in due season, it's ultimately a reference to the final harvest, the, the end of the age harvest, when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. You see, the ultimate reward is not in this life, it's in the life to come. Now, thankfully, God in his grace and mercy gives us sufficient many harvests or little harvests along the way. God will periodically allow us to see the fruits of our labor in the now. In his grace, he gives us a taste of the harvest to keep our vision focused on the ultimate harvest. Paul uses a farming image of sowing and reaping. It's an image of a farmer sowing seed and then waiting for a period of time for the seed to grow into a plant, mature, and then yield some kind of fruit or grain. The farmer is ultimately interested in the season of harvest. Between sowing and reaping is a period of toil and labor and hard work. It's not necessarily a glamorous time, but the farmer has his eyes fixed on an eventual harvest. If a farmer were to give up during this part of the season, the part that is primarily toil and labor, then he wouldn't see the harvest. A pastor needs to think a lot like a farmer. A church session needs to think a lot like a farmer. And and whole congregations need to think like farmers. We sow seeds and then we wait with faith and resilience for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. The concern the Apostle Paul has is that some will lose heart and give up. For some the pain may grow too intense. The suffering too much, the weight too heavy. Richard Baxter was a pastor who lived in England. He was a few hundred years before Charles Spurgeon. He lived in the late 1600s and he worked tirelessly to love and serve and instruct his congregation. Baxter wrote a book titled The Saints' Everlasting Rest. He's using language from the 1600s here, so work with me. He says, What warm, affectionate, eager thoughts we have of the world till afflictions cool and moderate them. Afflictions speak convincingly and will be heard when preachers cannot. Affliction has a way of grabbing our attention, doesn't it? Suffering has a way of getting our attention. Baxter goes on. Many a poor Christian is sometimes bending his thoughts to wealth or flesh-pleasing or applause, and so loses his relish of Christ and the joy above until God breaks in upon his riches or children or conscience or health and breaks down his mountain, which he thought so strong. And then the world is nothing and heaven is something. Often God has to break in and disrupt our lives in order to get our attention Often God has to create disruption so that we'll put our focus back on things that are ultimate and not on things that are temporal. Sometimes even takes losing valuable things in order to be reminded that our greatest treasure is in heaven. Baxter concludes his thought by saying, Alas, if we did not sometimes feel the spur, what a slow pace most of us would hold toward heaven. If we did not sometimes feel God's spur, what a slow pace we would run toward our ultimate prize. 
And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Let me wrap up by saying that one way to avoid giving up and growing weary is by helping each other carry the load. Galatians chapter 6 says for us to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We must be a support for each other. The Bible calls us the body of Christ for a reason. In Exodus chapter 17, the Israelites were in a battle. And whenever Moses held his hands up in the air, God's people experienced victory. And whenever Moses lowered his hands, God's people experienced defeat. Well, as the day went on, Moses grew tired and could no longer hold his hands up in the air. And so two of his buddies jumped in and helped prop his arms up. Redeemer Prez, there will be seasons where Pastor Fritz and Pastor Murray will get tired and they may get discouraged. And there will be times when Pastor Murray won't know what to do. He won't have the silver bullet answer that you're looking for. There'll be times when your pastors will grow weary. And can I encourage you, starting with the session, to come alongside them and help lift their hands in the air when they can't hold their hands up on their own? And Murray, there'll be times when Redeemer Prez will get tired and weary. And there'll be seasons where they will not be very energetic about doing your wonderful ministry ideas. Who knows, they might even throw a temper tantrum. It's possible. Remember, the church is still the bride of Christ. She's Jesus' bride. And also remember that you have many friends in ministry and godly friends in the workforce who are willing to help prop up your arms. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Will you join me in prayer? Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and evermore. Amen. Thank you, Glenn.